Thrive Church Online. My name is Christine and I'll be your online host for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text new to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. And attention all parents, don't forget to visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids so you can download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. There'll be kids worship, a lesson, and games. Come join us, it'll be a lot of fun. If you joined us last week, you may recall Pastor JB gave us some homework. One of them being to find one thing you're thankful for every day. Let's start off today by sharing one thing you're thankful for today. I'm thankful for being able to work from home so I get to spend more time with my family. Now, either type your answer in the chat room or turn the person next to you and tell them one thing you're thankful for. Let's continue to practice that every day. And of course, we would love to see all of your lovely faces. Take a selfie of yourself tuning in to Thrive Church Online and post it on all of your social media platforms. And be sure to tag us at hashtag Thrive Church Online. All right, everyone, I'm so pumped for this series. Let's jump into episode two of our series called A Happier You, Learning to the Secrets of a Happier You. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If you are joining us for the very first time, you're what we call our VIP. Everyone say our VIP. And we especially want to welcome you. In fact, we've got a very special gift waiting just for you. If you would go to mythrive.info, you touch the button new to thrive, or you can text the word new to 604-285-5770. A special gift is waiting for you. It is your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle. We will send it right to your door. Just a way to say thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. Can we give all of our VIPs a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? It's so good to have you here. If you've been here before, a huge welcome once again to Thrive Church Online. And hey, we had an amazing weekend last weekend. It was Thanksgiving weekend here in BC, in Vancouver, and we had an amazing time celebrating Thanksgiving together. One of the things we did, and I want to thank each and every one of you for it, is that we gave uh, to a very special cause that I want to talk about in just a bit. But if you joined us last week at Thanksgiving, that was your first time ever, and you're back here again, a huge welcome to you. We are so thrilled that you joined us again. We're so glad that you're here. And a big thank to each and every one of you who helped to sponsor our Bibles for Kenya project. And what we did was last week, we introduced a brand new campaign for us here at Thrive in a year that we call the year of contagious hope. When we as a church don't want to spread COVID-19, but we want to spread hope to people in as many ways we can. We started a new project last week called Bibles for Kenya, where we're partnering with a great church in Kenya. Kenya, led by Pastor Simon Odiambo, and we are helping them by providing as many Bibles as we can for them because they are going out to some of the poorest villages of Kenya and sharing about the hope that is in Jesus Christ with many people. And they're saying that literally hundreds of people are responding to that message every single month, but they don't have Bibles. And so Pastor Simon, he called me up and he said, hey, you know, Pastor JB, is there a way, we don't want money, but can you send Bibles? And we said, you know, absolutely, because we buy we believe the Bible is powerful. It is the most hope-giving book in the world. We decided that we would want to send about 500 Bibles to them. That's our goal, is that between now and November the 1st, we want to send 500 Bibles to 500 new believers in Kenya. And so for those of you who contributed to that cause last week, a big thank you to you. Praise God. We are all, we're over halfway to our goal. We, we have enough to send about 300 Bibles there. It takes about $7 to send one Bible over, and it 
you have an opportunity to be a part of that, we encourage you to do so. If you haven't given yet, encourage you to consider giving to that. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, let's spread contagious hope. Tell them that right now. Let's spread contagious hope. Thanks so much for being such a generous church and giving in this way. Let's spread contagious hope together. Hey, speaking of your Bibles, would you grab your Bible right now? Because I'm excited to bring a message to you. But before we do that, just as a way to get our hearts ready for that message, would you mind just grabbing your Bible if you've got one and holding up in here like so? Maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe yours is a phone or a computer that you downloaded it uh, the Bible into. Why don't you hold up in here like so right now? And we're going to make this proclamation together in faith. If you don't know it, read it off the screen. Let's do this together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to, flip to, scroll to the book of John. John is in the New Testament, second half of your Bible. We look at the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 58. John chapter 8, verse 58. Hey, by the way, if you're here and you are, you know, first time here at Thrive Church or you're just exploring church, this is the first time you've ever been to a church, we are so glad that you're here. We hope you'll find that Thrive Church is a safe place that you can find a community in, a place where you can find hopefully some answers to some of the questions you're asking, and just a place where you can be yourself and find some hope and encouragement every time you come. And so a huge welcome to each and every one of you, regardless of what background you come from, we are so glad that you are here. Today, I'm super excited to bring the message to you. I want to start with something funny, if that's okay. Is that okay? Can can you guys use a laugh right now? Well, this is something funny. At least I hope you think it's funny, uh, because the fact is, every time we do things through a screen nowadays, I can't tell when I tell a joke, I can't tell if you are rolling on the floor in laughter or you are rolling your eyes in disgust. I, I can't tell if you know you are laughing out loud or cringing when I tell these jokes. And so it would really help me a lot if in the chat room you would respond just a little bit. Could you do that? If, if you enjoy these jokes, could you let me know? If you don't enjoy these jokes, you can also let me know, because I won't stop until you tell me. The fact is this, is I want to share something funny with you, but before I begin that, can I ask you this? Are you more of a dog person or a cat person? Are you a dog person or a cat person? If you have to choose, dogs or cats. I don't mean to be divisive, but you know, let's, let's just do that right now. Dogs or cats. If you're a dog person, would you show your love for dogs by putting something in the chat room right now, maybe a dog emoji or 12 dog emojis? Or if you can't use emojis or you can't use the chat room, why don't you do this right now? Could you do the, the, the old school 1980s Arsenio Hall thing? You go like this, woo, 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 woo. Okay, can you do that? Praise God, that's the dog pound right there. All right, those are the dog people. How about the cat people? If you're more a cat person, would you show your support for cats right now by putting some cat emojis in the chat room right now? Or if you can't use a chat room, you can just go meow to your neighbor. All right, or maybe don't do that, just depending on how you feel. But here's the thing. is that I'm not sure who, who won that election just now. Was it the dogs or was it the cats? Who won that election? Well, here it is. I, I want to tell you this. Is In any event, I wanted to to begin today by reading to you from The Diary of a Dog. Now, I don't know if you've owned a dog before. I have. And I don't know if that dog kept a diary. But if your dog ever kept a diary, maybe your dog, his diary would sound a bit like this. Here we go. 8 a.m., dog food. My favorite thing. 9.30 a.m., car ride. My favorite thing. 9.45, walk in the park, my favorite thing. 10.30 a.m., get petted, rubbed, and stroked, oh, my favorite thing. 12 p.m., lunchtime, my favorite thing. 1 p.m., playing ball in the yard, oh, my favorite thing. 4 p.m., master comes home, my favorite thing. 7 p.m., got to play ball again, my favorite thing again. 8 p.m., watch TV with the people, my favorite thing. 9 p.m., sleeping on the bed, my favorite thing. See, these are excerpts from the diary of a dog. Now I want to show you excerpts from the diary of a cat. All right, the diary of a cat. Today is day 953 of my captivity. 
I've tried numerous times to negotiate with my captors concerning my release, but without success. All they do is torture me by dangling squeaky objects in my face. I don't know how much longer I can take it. The only thing that keeps me going is the thought of escaping this world once and for all. And by the way, the dog is so annoying. See, do you guys enjoy that joke? If you enjoy that joke, would you tell me in the chat room right now? Well, that, that, that's the difference between a dog's diary and a cat's diary. And here's the thing, whether you're a dog person or you're a cat person, let me ask you this question. Which of these two diaries more accurately reflects your experience in life these days? Are you more like the dog enjoying every moment of the day or are you more like the cat who can't seem to point to anything good in life right now? See, the reason I ask is because we're doing a series here at Thrive. It's called Happier You, learning the secrets to a happier you. Now, the goal of the series is not for you to, for me to tell you if you're going through a really tough time right now, if you are habitually depressed, if you are grieving the loss of someone or something in your life, that somehow you can go from that to being happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. That's not the goal of the series, but the goal of the series is to help each and every one of us, even in our tough times, to learn to be happy. That's why we call this series Happier You. It's because we believe that happiness is not just a trait you either have or don't have. It's not just a trait you are either born with or without, but happiness is a skill that we can learn, that we can actually get better at it as we practice it over time. And that happiness is not just the sum of your circumstances, but happiness is the product of your habits. And it's with that in mind that we're doing this series called Happier You, where we're looking at secrets from the Bible about how to get to a happier you. It's because here at Thrive, we believe that the Bible is powerful, that the Bible is not just a rule book of do's and don'ts or a book of history about stuff that's irrelevant to us today, but the Bible is the most life-changing, hope-giving book in the world. In fact, it's the greatest manual for living a happier life. And that's why in this series called Happier You, we're looking at how the Bible can inform us and maybe even transform us in terms of how we look at happiness and how we pursue it. Welcome to Happier You. Now, get this, is the goal of this series is not that you become some really self-consumed, self-centered, self-absorbed person where it's all about me, it's all about my happiness, you know, it's all about 1,000 happy days, it's all about me, and, 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 and you want to leave your family, leave your commitments, leave your promises just in the name of your own happiness. No, you're not going to be very happy that way. The goal is this, why are we talking about happiness? It's because you can't give what you don't have. And in this year of contagious hope, we want to be able to spread contagious hope, but it begins with us. And that's why we're doing a series called Happier You. And so turn your paper, per, per, your neighbor beside you and uh, you know, maybe in your chat room. Would you tell them this right now? Tell them, welcome to Happier You. Welcome to Happier You. Last week, we began the series by looking at Happier You secret number one. And Happier You secret number one is learn to give thanks in every circumstance. That whether it's the beginning of the day or at the end of each day or better yet, during the day as you're going through it, we need to learn to give thanks in every circumstance, even in the tough times of your life. If you would choose an attitude of gratitude and find something to be thankful for, that can keep you afloat when your circumstances make you want to sink. And you might find that when you are going through tough times, when you choose an attitude of gratitude, it can eventually not just change your perspective, but it can eventually lead to a change in your circumstances as well. That's why you want to choose to give thanks in every circumstance. If you believe that, say amen. It leads to a happier you. Let me give you today happier you secret number two. Happier you secret number two is be present in the moment be present in the moment. In fact, that's the name of today's message, present in the moment. See, earlier today, I, I read some excerpts from the diary of a dog who enjoys pretty much every part of his day. Now, I've never been a dog before. I don't know if dogs actually think this way, but based on my experience with dogs, owning a dog in the past, I know this is that why does a dog seem to enjoy every part of his day. Why is every part of the day my favorite thing? Why? It's because I think a plausible reason is that for dogs, they don't worry about the future. 
They're not worrying about, oh, are we going to afford the next mortgage payment? Or, oh, what do people think of me if I bark this much? They're not thinking about those things. Rather, when the dog is going through the day, a dog is just present in the moment. The dog is just fully engaged in whatever he's doing, whether he's eating or he's chasing a ball or he's barking at a stranger passing by. He's fully engaged. And see, could it be that the reason why you and I don't enjoy life all that much sometimes is because we're not present in the moment. Is that we're always thinking about the next thing that's coming up or the thing that just finished. And so while we are doing something in the middle, in the middle of the present, we're not actually there. We're actually somewhere else because our mind is somewhere else. We're not fully engaged. We're not fully enjoying it. And as a result, we're not really enjoying life. It's like we're there, but we're not really there. Can you relate to that? You know, I'm so often like that is that I'm the kind of person who wants to get as much done in as short a time as possible. And so to save time, do you know what I do? I do something that you do as well. I do something called multitasking. I am a king of multitasking. And this is the thing. If I had to be really transparent with you today, sometimes I wonder if my multitasking sometimes does more harm than good. See, for example, uh, you know, just the other day, I was sitting in the garage heating up my in-laws' car because they're away right now, and, and I, I promise to take good care of the car, and sometimes I don't get to drive it all that often, so I, I just want to heat it up for a little bit so it doesn't run out, and you know, I don't have to charge it all over again. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in the garage, I'm in this car, I'm heating up this car, but I don't, I don't just want to sit there for five minutes in the car waiting for this car to, to run and to heat. And so you know what I do? I turn on the radio. I start listening to the news. And because I don't just want to sit there heating up the car and listening to the news, you know what I do? I get on my phone, I get on a call with the city of Richmond so I can book a time at the gym, and surprise, surprise, they put me on hold. All right, praise God for the city of Richmond. And I, I'm on hold with the city of Richmond. I'm like maybe number five in the queue, and, and I'm waiting. And so I don't want to just sit here waiting on, on the city of Richmond. I don't just want to sit here just listening to the radio. I don't just want to sit here watching this car heat up. And so what I do, I grab my computer and I start you know, opening it up and, and doing some sermon research as well. So now the car is running, the radio is blaring, my computer is going, the speakerphone is speakerphoning. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all this, I get a notification on my phone that my lovely wife Charlene is calling. And because I don't want to miss out, because I don't want to leave her hanging, I decide in the midst of everything else I'm doing, I'm going to pick up the call. But now I'm stressed because I've got my wife on the line, I've got the city of Richmond on the other line, and I'm, I'm, I'm stressed, I'm rushed, and so as I'm talking to Char, I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? What, what else? What else? What else? Okay, and I'm rushing through. I'm not very nice, and all the while I'm thinking, oh, I hope we don't drop the call. I hope the city of Richmond doesn't drop the call, and I finally, I rush through that conversation. wasn't very nice in that conversation. I go back to the city of Richmond call, and all of a sudden I hear a drop the call. And all of a sudden, I have to call the city of Richmond all over again. Oh, talk about frustrating. And whose fault was that? It wasn't my lovely wife's fault. It wasn't the city of Richmond's fault. Whose fault was it? It was mine. All mine. It was my fault. It was just me happening to want to do too much in one time. And has that ever happened to you before? Is that in trying to save time, you end up sacrificing something more precious, like your relationships? or your own peace of mind, or your happiness? Do you live that way? Or do you live with or work with maybe someone who is a multitasking expert? You know, if you do, then you know you're used to conversations which are filled with unfinished sentences. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, questions that you never, that never get answered. You know, oh, so what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm going to, uh, and then a minute later, still no answer. Uh, you're, you're going to what? Uh, I'm going, uh, sorry, what are we talking about again? Oh my goodness, I think I'm going to throw up. See, here's the thing. By multitasking this way, sometimes not only do we miss the moment, but we actually disrespect the people around us because we're not really there. We're kind of there, but we're not there. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you should never multitask. You know, the fact is that when you're on hold, then sometimes it's probably good to do something else to just keep yourself sane. But this is the thing. You need to watch out that multitasking doesn't become the way you do everything. Amen. Because if you multitask everything, including your relationships, you're going to find that you're not going to be able to enjoy your relationships. You're not going to be able to enjoy or focus on any one thing, and others can't really enjoy you. It's like you're there, but you're not really there. It's like you're 
your relationships and your happiness suffer in the process when your attention is divided. If you believe that, say amen. And see, I remember there was even a season you know, way back when, when I would be sitting at the dinner table with Charlene, and, and it was just the two of us, and we're having dinner, and yet my mind would always be somewhere else. You know, I'd be thinking about something that happened during the day, or I'd be, you know, thinking about something we're going to be doing later on, and, and, and so, and, and, and I'm not really there, and I, I can remember, you know, Char would even say to me, like, on, on a number of occasions, it's like, are you preoccupied? Like, it's, it's like you're preoccupied. It's like you're not really here, and, and it, it's, it was such a sad thing, is that not only was I not enjoying the moment, not only was I taking for granted the fact that I've got this amazing girl beside me called my wife that I get to have a meal with one on one, not only was I missing that fact, I was also depriving the people, the person I love of my full presence. And I was missing the people in my life. And they were missing me even while I was physically there with them. Has that ever happened to you before? And see, whereas I can fall into the trap of being there and not really being there, I look at God. And you know, God, he's got so many names in the Bible. When you study the names of God in the Bible, you're going to find that each name of God reveals a different part of his character, a different part of his nature. In fact, you can get to know God just by studying the names of God in the Bible. And one name by which God reveals himself to Moses in the nation of Israel in Exodus chapter 3 is the name I Am. I am. That's God's name. It's one of his names in the Bible. In Hebrew, it's Hayah. It sounds almost like Ayah, right? And in th- that's in the first person. In the third person, it's Yahweh. And see, when God refers to himself as I am, you know, part of what that means is that God is present in the moment, is that he's not just someone in our past or someone who's coming down the road in the future, but God is here, he's now, he's present in the moment. He is the great I am, amen. And that means if you're going through a scary situation right now, know that God, who's the great I am, he's not just somewhere down the road, he's with you right now and you're not alone. Turn your neighbor and say, you're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. And see, here's the fact. In, in, in John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus refers to himself in the same way. Look at John 8, 58. It says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was born, I am. I am. Jesus using the very same name by which God revealed himself in Exodus chapter 3. And see, and, and just, by the way, for those of you who think, oh, Jesus, he was just a good teacher. He was just a good person. Get this. Jesus, he's calling himself God here. And this is not the only time he does so. He's referring to himself as God. Let me tell you this. I don't care how nice you are. A good person doesn't say, hi, I'm God. It, that's, that's a lunatic or that's a liar because he knows the truth, but he's, he's saying something else. The fact is this, Jesus isn't just a good person. Jesus is either lying because he knows he's not God, but he says so anyways, or he's a lunatic because he's crazy, or he's actually telling the truth. And so for those who are exploring Christianity right now, you got to say, you know, that Jesus, he can't just be a good teacher. He can't just be a good person. He's either a Lord, he's either a lunatic, or he's a liar. But see, here's the thing. It's a appropriate that Jesus calls himself the great I am. And it's not simply because he's the son of God. It's appropriate that Jesus calls himself the great I am because no one was present in the moment like Jesus was. See, when you study the gospels and the way that Jesus would relate to people, the way he would look at people, the way he would listen to people, the way that he would interact with people, there was a presentness about the way Jesus related with others that made people feel important, that made them feel wanted, that made them feel loved, that made them feel listened to, that made them feel focused on. Jesus was present in the moment. And not only was Jesus present in the moment with people, but when you study Jesus' life, Jesus was present in the moment when it came to even just his surroundings. Is that Jesus would be famous for taking things that were available to him in his immediate surroundings and he would use them to point to a deeper truth that no one else knew. Is that he would take a child in front of them or he would take a tree that was beside them. He would take a boat that's at his feet and he would use it. Stuff that his disciples would take for granted. He would use it in his teaching 
to point to something greater, and you don't do that unless you're present in the moment. In fact, I believe Jesus, he would have made an amazing, great stand-up, you know, stand-up comedian, an improv comedian, because he was so present in the moment. It's as if Jesus experienced life on a deeper, fuller, richer, more enjoyable level than we ever have, and why? It's because Jesus was present in the moment. Jesus was fully engaged in the moment he was in, in what he was doing, and in who he was with. And you know what? The Bible has a term for that. For, uh, for that, the Bible has a term. It's called having an undivided heart. Having an undivided heart. You won't find the term present in the moment in the Bible, but what you will find is an undivided heart. Look at 2 Chronicles 19, 9. It says this. It says, these were his instructions to them. You must always act in the fear of the Lord with faithfulness and an undivided heart. And look at Psalm 86, verse 11. It says, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. If you have Psalm 86 in front of you, would you underline those words? Give me an undivided heart. See, David knew that an undivided heart was the key to his success and his joy in life. And in fact, so much so that later on, when David was much older, he was preparing his own son, Solomon, to succeed him as the king of Israel, to take over the throne. And David would emphasize to his son, Solomon, the importance of having an undivided heart. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, 19. It says, and give my son Solomon an uncluttered and focused heart so that he can obey what you command, live by your directions and counsel, and carry through with building the temple for which I have provided. See, notice that. Give my son an uncluttered and focused heart. What's he talking about? He's talking about an undivided heart. It's because David understood the benefits of being present in the moment. David understood the, the benefits of having an undivided heart. You can write this down, is that when you're present in the moment, number one, you enjoy life more is that you, you experience things more fully. Even just something like washing the dishes, is that when I'm present in the moment and I'm washing the dishes, you know, washing the dishes stops being a chore and it starts becoming therapeutic for me. It's where I, I can feel you know, the warmth of the water on my hands. I can feel the soap going through my fingers. You know, I, I, my senses are engaged. I'm more alive emotionally because when you're present in the moment, you just enjoy things more. Number two, when you're present in the moment, you're more effective in what you do. See, not only do I enjoy things more when I'm present in the moment, but when I am present in the moment, I do a better job with what I'm doing because I'm more fully engaged. I notice things I didn't notice before. I, I'm more creative. I'll take more risks because I'm fully engaged. You know, Time Magazine, for example, recently published a book called The Science of Happiness. And they were talking about multitasking, this thing that you and I are so good at. And it says this, is researchers have found that multitasking leads to lower overall productivity. Students and workers who constantly and rapidly switch between tasks have less ability to filter out irrelevant information and they make more mistakes. See, what researchers have just been discovering only recently, the Bible has been talking about for thousands of years, is that you need to have an undivided heart. If you want to enjoy your life, if you want to be effective, you want to be present in the moment. Turn to your and say, be present in the moment. Be present in the moment. Look at Colossians 3.23. It says this is whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. See, all those times in the Bible when it talks about doing something with all your heart, loving God with all your heart, trusting God with all your heart, seeking God with all your heart, loving people with all your heart, working with all your heart, all of it is referring to the same idea of doing things with an undivided heart, doing things by, while being present in the moment. Because when you're you're present in the moment, you're more effective at what you do, you enjoy it more. If you believe that, say amen. Number three, when you're present in the moment, you're more in tune with how you're feeling. You're more in tune with yourself. Is that you know how you're feeling, you know when you need to take a break, you know how, you, how you're going to be more effective, and that on its own can lead to greater happiness. And then number four, when you're, in the, when you're present in the moment, you love people better is that when you're present in the moment, your relationships improve. You listen better. You're more attentive to the needs of others. You're not just thinking about yourself or thinking about the next thing, but you're actually there with people. See, what do the best lovers and the best listeners and the best workers all have in common? They give their undivided attention to what they're doing. 
And see, how about you? Do you often have a divided heart where your attention is divided, your focus is divided? Do you struggle with being present in the moment? What, what is, in fact, one situation in your life where you want to be more present in the moment, but you have a tough time doing so? See, could it be that the reason why you're not enjoying life very much right now, or that you're not enjoying work very much right now, or you're not enjoying your family right now, or you're not being as effective as you like to be, is, is because you have a divided heart? where you're there, but you're not really there. You're not present in the moment. You're always thinking about the next thing. You're always thinking about something else. You're like half there and half not. Your mind is distracted. And as a result, you are miserable in the process. I'm here to tell you, there's a better way to live. See, how can you and I be more present in the moment and therefore enjoy life and people more? Let me give you three ways to be more present in the moment. Three ways that you and I can develop an undivided heart. Are you learning something in this place today? All right, let me give you three ways to be more present in the moment. Number one, slow down and simplify. Slow down and simplify. See, as with so much that I tell you guys on the stage, I'm very much talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anyone else. The fact is this, I like being busy. I like being efficient and getting things done. You just ask my parents, even when I was a kid in grade school, I had this tendency to really fill up my plate, not just with food, there was a lot of that, but just fill up my plate with all sorts of activities and things that I myself would get myself involved in. And here's the thing, on one hand, that's I think a strength, is that you know, I, I, I have a tough time you know, just kind of sitting there doing nothing, I wanna be productive. But if I'm not careful, I also find that sometimes I can be my own worst enemy, is that if I'm not careful, careful, sometimes I can run myself to the ground with all these complicated things that I'm doing. And sometimes the best thing that I can do is just slow down and simplify. Slow down and live more simply. Instead of trying to squeeze every little thing into one day and to do them in rapid succession, one after the other, sometimes I find that I'm actually happier and more effective when I just try to do a few things well in a more peaceful pace. And see, nowadays, I try not to multitask unless I absolutely have to. And instead of trying to do so many things at once, nowadays, I try just to fully focus on whatever is in front of me and enjoy doing it until I get to the next thing. And I find, you know what? I'm happier that way. And think in some ways, I'm more effective that way as well. Look at Proverbs 4.25 with me right now. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. And then in the message paraphrase of that same verse, it says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Do you find you're often distracted? You're just kind of like, you let yourself be distracted so often. Like, like the moment something gets boring, the moment you lose track, you just kind of pick up your phone as an automatic reaction. See, question for you today. What is one area in your life where you need to slow down and simplify? Maybe it's in how you plan your day. Maybe it's how you talk to the person in your home. Maybe it's in how you play with your kids. Maybe it's in how you're listening to this sermon right now. I, I, I know what you mean. Like, oh, let me look at some email right now. Let me think about what's going to be. But, and, you, and you don't really enjoy as a result. And see, instead of trying to do so many things at once, can I encourage you, slow down and simplify. Because when you do, you're going to enjoy it so much more. Amen. See, when you, write this down, when you slow down and simplify your life, you give yourself the chance to enjoy it. See, from time to time, we will fast as a church. Not because we're trying to impress God with anything, because you know, we, we, it's, it's not for God. It's really more for us to get out of the way so that we, without distraction, can seek God for a period of time. And I can tell you this, is that almost invariably, people will come up to me and say, man, for some reason, during time of fasting, I just experienced so much more of God's presence during that time. And why is that? Let me tell you why. It's because it's not because of the lack of food. It's because you're fully engaged. It's because you're not half there and half not anymore. You're all in. Imagine if you lived more of life that way. Not half there and half not. Not kind of there, kind of not. But you are all in. You, you're fully engaged. You're present in the moment. You know what's going to happen? You're going to enjoy your life more. You're going to be happier. You're going to be more effective. Your relationships will get better. Married couples, your intimacy is going to improve when you're all in and you focus on it. And you say, I'm going to be present in the moment. Could you imagine if the Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the New, the New Testament, could you imagine if the Apostle Paul had his own iPhone? Could you imagine that? He wouldn't write half the New Testament. I think he would probably have written just a quarter. The rest of the time, he'd have been on Fortnite and on Amazon.ca. 
right? And, 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 and Philippians 4 wouldn't say rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4 would probably say something like rejoice in the Lord on prime days, you know, when all the Amazon stuff goes on sale. I'm kidding about that, but the fact is this. What's the point? It's about slow down and simplify. Because when you slow down and you simplify your life, you give yourself a chance to enjoy it. That's point number one, slow down and simplify. Turn your neighbor and say, slow down and simplify. Number two, number two, if you want to be more present in the moment with an undivided heart, number two, savor the moment. Savor the moment. See, what do I mean by savor? See, to savor something means to experience and enjoy something completely. Look at 1 Timothy 6.17. It says this. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, for those who read this verse before, you might look at this verse and go, yeah, I know what it means. It's talking about, you know, if you're rich. And the fact is, if you're watching the service and you've got internet access, you are rich. Relatively compared to the rest of the world, you are a rich person. And, and you know, the, the Bible here, 1 Timothy 6, 17 is saying that if you are rich, then don't put your hope in what you have. Put your hope in the God who provides. That's, that's, that's one part of this verse. But I want to look at the second part of this verse, which says, put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Could you flip to that and scroll to that and just underline that? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. See, what's the lesson there? Is that God actually cares about your happiness. He's a heavenly father who loves you and provides things for your enjoyment. See, God gives us things. In fact, it says everything for our enjoyment. Our happiness is a big reason. It's not the only reason. It's not even the most important reason, but it's a big reason why you have what you have today. It's because God wants to, God wants you to feel like you have things to enjoy because he loves you. He is your heavenly father. Amen. And see, why is it that we don't enjoy life that much? It's because so often we tie our happiness or our lack of happiness to something in the past, you know, what that person did, what that person said, you know, how that door didn't open, how other people have what I don't have. We focus all on that, something in the past. We tie our happiness to that, or we tie our happiness to something in the future. Oh, if I get that job, or if I get that girl, or if we get married, or, or when we can have kids, or when we can move to that house, and, 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 we, and we tie our happiness to something that hasn't happened yet, and until we get there, we're like, I'm not happy. And see, here's the thing. When we do that, what happens is that we end up either living in the past, which we cannot change, or we live for the future, which is out of our control. And as a result, we end up frustrated. We end up discouraged. We end up distracted. We end up bitter. We end up worried at the same time, unable to enjoy today. And see, could it be that the reason why you're somewhat miserable today is because you keep on focusing on something in the past. We keep on focusing on something in the future that is out of your control. Instead, if you want to be present in the moment, if you want to enjoy your life more, you need to learn to savor today. Amen. See, how can you do that? Let me give you just a few ways. I can, I can preach a whole sermon on just this one point alone, but just give you a few ways that you can learn to savor the moment. Number one, first, savoring the moment begins with this realization realize that there is something precious about the moment you are currently in. Let me say that again. There is something precious about the moment you are currently in right now. Not the moment you just came from. Not the moment that you're going to. But the moment that you're in right now, sitting here, watching what we're doing right now. There is something precious in every moment you're currently in. There's, a, and if I have to put this with you this way, there's a gift in the moment you're currently in, if only you'll take the time to find it. That's why it's called the present. See, in every moment you're in, there's a blessing to thank God for. There's a lesson to learn. There's a person to appreciate. There's a chance to grow. If you will take the time to identify what that blessing is or who that person is or what that lesson is or how you can grow in that moment, you can savor the moment and make the most of it. For example, when I'm talking with someone, it could be anyone, what helps me to be present in the moment with them as I'm talking to this person, as that person's talking to me, I'll remind myself, I won't say this out loud, but I'll actually say, I'll kind of say this in my head. This person is someone that God loves. This person is precious to God. This person is someone Jesus died for. 
and I'm going to treat them as important because of it. And see, just by doing, you might say I'm multitasking. Yeah, I guess I'm multitasking, but the fact is it helps me to savor the moment and to be present with that person. You know, another way to savor the moment is when you're going through the day, don't just wait till the end of the day to thank God. Thank God on the spot when you notice good things happening. When you see a blue sky, say, God, thank you for the blue sky. When, when, when you notice that, you, man, you got two hands that can actually open and close at will. That is incredible. You can thank God for that. You, you can thank God for the little things that you notice. Don't wait till the end of the day. In fact, when you thank God during the day, on the spot, and you do that throughout the day, it's like having this text conversation with God where there's so much thanksgiving going on, and it helps you to enjoy your life even more. That's, I think, what Paul meant when he says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Here's another way to savor the moment, is to make it your goal to be fully engaged in whatever you are doing at that moment. In other words, don't, don't just pull up your phone the second you get bored, but instead try to notice something in the moment that you didn't notice before. Is that, say you're sitting down and you're enjoying your food. Instead of, of, you know, instead of looking at the phone and eating, you're eating while you're watching the TV, you want to savor the moment by just kind of just focus on the meal. Focus on the fact that you've got food on the table. You know, you know, focus on the fact that you've got this amazing meal to eat. And when you do that, you're savoring the moment. When you're listening to music, close your eyes and you know, try, to, try to feel the music, unless you're driving, all right? If you're driving, open your eyes. Keep your eyes open. When, when, you're, when you're washing your hands. Focus on the sensation of, you know, of, of, of the water and the soap. And what is that? It, it, it's, it's, it's heightening your sensations. You know, when you're worshiping God, lift your hands with abandon. You know, you might as well, since he is God, when you're working away at your desk, your computer, stop for a second and just look outside and take a moment to breathe and to, to see the view for a minute. See, in other words, what are you doing? You're giving yourself room to enjoy and be amazed. And see, that's how you savor the moment. Oh, but JB, what if it's a tough moment? What if it's, you know, someone yelling at me or maybe the photocopier jams or, or maybe someone cuts me off in traffic? You know, how, how can I savor that moment? Let me tell you this. How do you savor tough moments? How do you savor tough moments? Let me tell you. Savor tough moments by asking yourself, what can I learn from this situation? What is something I can still thank God for despite what is happening right now? That's how you savor the moment. Amen? Turn to him and say, savor the moment. Save the moment. One more way to save the moment, and I'll end with this one. Ask yourself, what is one thing that I want to do today that I won't have the opportunity to do tomorrow? What is one thing that I want to do today that I might not have the chance to do tomorrow? You know what? Jesus lived that way. Jesus taught his disciples to live that way. And see, here's a question for you. How often do you savor the moment? What is one moment even coming up later today that you want to make sure you savor instead of skim through? See, even this moment right now, how can you savor it even more? See, could it be that you're actually putting a lid on your own happiness by not savoring the moment? Don't be the kind of person who, at the end of their life, found that they were so preoccupied by the past or the future that they missed the present that is today. And they miss so many moments and so many people in their lives because they were just so busy skimming through life. Don't live that way. I want you to enjoy your life more and so savor the moment. Amen. Last point, if you want to be present in the moment, set aside time to be present with those who matter the most to you. Set aside time to be present with those who matter the most to you. See, in other words, for those especially important people in your life, you need to go out of your way to schedule time with them where you can just focus on being together. Don't just say, oh, if it happens, it happens. But you want to set aside time. Turn to me and say, set aside time. Set aside time. So for example, if you're dating someone or you're married to someone, I encourage you to go on a, a regular date with one another. Not like once a year, but you know, maybe something like once a week. You know, like Charlie and I, we will do that once a week. And that two-hour time together makes such a difference for us the rest of the week because it's time that we set aside to be with someone who matters so much to us. And you know, I, I encourage you, if you have, you know, if you're here at Thrive Church Online, then you are part of our Thrive Church family. You're part of our Thrive Church community. A huge welcome to you for those of you joining us for the first time. And this is the thing, is that if you want to enjoy your life, can I encourage you Set aside this time to be with your church family. Don't let other lesser things get in the way, but set aside this time, protect this time. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend this time with my church community. I want to spend this time with God because when you do so, you end up enjoying life so much more. 
You know, you want, as part of that, you want to be part of a small group. I encourage you to be part of a small group. You know, a small group is just a group of maybe five to 12 people where you can hang out and, you know, over Zoom or maybe in some cases in person where you can talk about the sermon and, and, and share about your lives, your highs and lows, pray for one another. It's about setting aside, setting aside time to do that. If you're here and you've recently or you have in the past received Jesus Christ in your life, set aside time to be with Jesus every day. That's what we call here at Thrive our game time, our God and me experience time. And see, Luke chapter 5 verse 16 says it this way. It says, as often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. See, Jesus exemplified what it meant to set aside time. You know, I, I got to tell you that you know, when, when COVID hit several months ago, it brought so many changes to our lives. Even for myself and Shar and our family, it brought so many changes just to the practical day-to-day and weekly schedule that we have. And it was one of those things where you know, I used to be that my, my son and I, Bradley, my older son, he, he and I, we used to have something that we called Daddy Day where on one day during the school week, I'd get off from the office early, I'd go to school, I'd, I'd, I'd be sitting there at the front of the school and he'd come out and he'd be, hi daddy. And then I'd grab his hand because at eight years old, he's still willing to, or open to hold my hand and we'll, we'll, we'll go to the car and we'll say, hey, so what do you want to do today? And for the next hour or two, it's just the two of us, we call it daddy day. Maybe we might, you know, you know, go and get some bubble tea or we'll do some pretend play or we'll watch a video. And this is just our time together. And, you know, he looked forward to it. I looked forward to it. This is our time together. But, you know, for some reason, for about half a year, when COVID-19 hit, for some reason, with all the changes that happened in our schedule, for some reason, daddy day kind of just got pushed to the side. And it was one of those things where I started to notice that, you know, I'd be trying to have these informal times, what we didn't schedule together with Bradley, and they'd often get interrupted by other things. And so finally, I decided to talk to Shar and said, hey, hey, Shar, can, can we reinstate Daddy Day? And, and, and it's because I miss my son. I, I miss hanging out with him. And, and, and so a couple of Mondays ago, Bradley and I, we finally had our first Daddy Day in half a year. And, you know, we went to do something that he has been wanting to do for a real long time. You know what we did? We went to an escape room. That's right. Especially in a season like COVID-19 with lockdown and quarantine as a daily thing. I'm not sure why anyone would want to voluntarily lock themselves in an escape room and try to get themselves out. But that's what we did. We did that. And it was, it was dark. It was a little freaky at times. There were some puzzles we had to figure out in order to get to the next room. And you know what? Bradley did awesome. Not only did he do awesome in terms of, you know, un- unlocking so many of the puzzles before I did, but he did awesome in just terms of just not being scared and being brave in a kind of a slightly freaky setting. And even though it was dark and a little scary, you know what? I was just happy to be there with my son. Just the two of us, just hanging out, not focusing on anything else, not being interrupted with anything else. It was just the two of us. And it was the best time that we'd had had together in, I think, a long time. And the reason I mention that is twofold. It's because if you want to be more present in the moment, you need to go out of your way to be with those people. Set aside time. It will do so much for your own happiness and for the health of your relationships. But there's a second reason I mention this, is that at, in that escape room, just as Bradley and I were trapped in that escape room and it was dark, it was kind of scary, we had problems that we didn't know how to solve, maybe you're feeling a little bit like that right now. Maybe you're feeling trapped and boxed in. You've got these problems you don't know how to solve. You can't see what's ahead of you. Can I tell you this? Just as Bradley and I had each other to go through that scary thing, I'm here to let you know, you've got someone to help you go through this certain this season of your life. There's someone who is with you. He's present in the moment. His name is Jesus. And he's not just hanging out in the past somewhere. He's not just gonna come some downtime time in the future, but he's with you in the moment right now, in the middle of your moment, in the center of your situation. Jesus is there. He is the great I am. And see, because Jesus is there, you can be someone who says, it's gonna be okay. And because Jesus is there, you can say, I'm gonna be all right. And you know why? It's because long before we ever thought about reaching for God, when each of us had turned to their own way, did things our way, not God's way, when each one of us had separated ourselves from God, disqualified ourselves from heaven, and when the penalty for our sin was death, God could have said, oh, forget you guys, to hell with you guys. I abandon you guys, you know, know, forget you guys. Instead, God said, because I love you, because I care about your happiness, because I don't want to be apart from you for eternity, because I know that the one thing that's going to truly make you 
ultimately happy in life is knowing and having a relationship with me. I'm gonna send my son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins, to pay for your debt so that you could be forgiven. And not only did Jesus die on the cross for our sins, but on the third day, he rose again to show that he's no ordinary man, but he is exactly who he claimed to be, that Jesus is the son of God, and that whoever placed their trust in what Jesus did on the cross, how he died and rose again, not only were their sins forgiven, but they have something called eternal life. They've got a hope of heaven because of it. Oh, come on, give God a big hand, a big shout, and let's play together right now. In other words, Jesus is alive. Jesus is here. Jesus is right now. And Jesus, he's not just the great I am. He's not just, he's not just the great I was. He's not, he's not just the great I will be. He is the great I am. He is the great I am. He is present with you in the middle of your moment, in the center of your situation. Jesus is right there. And because Jesus is present in the moment, you can say, if God is for me, who can be against me? If Jesus is there, you can say, God, you're gonna help me go through this and we're gonna work, you're gonna work all things out for good. And because of that, that's because it's the power of being present in the moment. God is powerful because he's present in your moment. That's what God does for us. And if you and I would learn to be present in the moment, if we would slow down and simplify, if we would savor the moment instead of just skimming through it, if we would set aside time for the people who matter most in our lives, it's going to lead to healthier relationships. It's going to lead to a happier you. If you believe that, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Amen. Well, right now, I just want to take this moment for you guys to respond to God. Because it's one thing to listen to a message, but it's another thing to respond to it. And I believe that the power is in your response. And so I wanna encourage you right now to respond in this way, is that wherever you are, wherever you're watching the service, I, I encourage you, don't, don't worry about your neighbor right now, but just focus on this that we're doing right now as we wanna just have a moment to pray with you. See, I wanna first pray for those of you who wanna be more present in the moment, is that maybe you struggle with an undivided heart, or you struggle with having an undivided heart. And it's like, it's like you want God's help to not skim through life, but to be really present in the lives of your family, be present in, you know, in, 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 in the people uh, that are around you. And, and see, if that's you, then I'm gonna ask you to, to do this right now. Is it, would you just, as this, again, don't worry about your neighbor, would you just, as an expression of your need for God, would you just lift your hand to God right now? Would you just, would you just lift your hand to God and let the height of your hands reflect how much you need him right now? And I'm just encouraged just to pray in your own words from your heart just right now, a prayer that's from you to God. Be present in this moment. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't multitask right now. Just focus on God right now because he's here. He's with you. He loves you. He's listening. Just start talking to God from your heart right now. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. I just want to just ask you, you can just pray this prayer with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I don't want to skim through life, but I want to be present in the moment. Please help me to slow down and simplify Please help me to savor the moments with an undivided heart, to set aside time, to be really present with the people in my life. I know when I do, my relationships will improve and I'll be happier. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Can we give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Praise God. One more group that I want to pray for right now. See, earlier today, I said that one way to savor the moment is to ask yourself, what is one thing I want to do that I might not have the opportunity to do tomorrow? And I think maybe for some of you in this place, that one thing is to ask Jesus to come into your life, to ask Jesus to forgive you your sins and to fill your life. And see, with the fact that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and so I encourage you, don't take today for granted. Let's make the most of that by spending time with God. I'm gonna invite you to do this as you can pray a prayer. If that's you, if you realize that you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart before, you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins before, then I wanna encourage you to make the most of this moment right now, to pray this prayer with me. You know, just wherever you are, you can pray this prayer. You just lift up your hand to God and just say this right now. and say, dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins and you rose again 
to give me life. Today, I want to receive you into my life. Please come in, forgive me of my sins, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Guess what? If you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, the Bible says you are forgiven of your sins. You are now a child of God with a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You are a citizen of heaven. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that just now, would you just click that button that says commit my life to Jesus or the link that's in your chat room and it's going to lead you to a page. If you click connect with us, it'll lead you to a congratulations page. We will find not just a gift to congratulate you today, but also some material to help you understand and unpack this new relationship with God that you have through Jesus. Can we give all of our friends a big hand, a big shout, let's play together right now. Praise God. A big congratulations to each and every one of you. Right now, we're gonna hand the time to our band to lead us in a song. Let's continue to respond to God, both through song as well as one more thing. For those of you called throughout church or home church or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, it's time to give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings. Let's not come to God empty-handed, but let's give God our best. Let's seek God's kingdom first, knowing that when we do, he adds what he adds, everything we need. Thanks so much for being such a generous church. Thanks so much in advance for giving. Let's give our best. Let's sing with all our heart and let's do this with an undivided heart. Let's worship God together. I put all my hope on the truth of your promise and I steady my heart on the ground of your goodness when I'm bowed down with sorrow I will lift up your name and the foxes
Let's place together right now. Oh, there's more in that. Give God all of your praise in this place. You guys are a beautiful church inside and out. Let me just end by praying for you right now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for always being present in the moment with us. That we don't we need to wait for you to come. And we don't need to look in the past to find you. But you are right here, right now, for every single person that's watching or listening to this right now. We thank you so much for always being present in the moment with us. We want to be that way as well, with the people in our lives, with the lives you've given us, with today, let alone tomorrow. We thank you so much for showing us how to be present in the moment. Help us, Jesus, every single one of us, to simplify and slow down where we need to. Help us, Jesus, to, to savor the moments and not just skim through them. Help us, God, to set aside time for what matters most and who matters most. We thank you so much for the work you're doing in the lives of every single person here. We thank you and we give you praise that because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the grave, the best is yet to come. And so with that in mind, we pray all of your blessing, your peace, wisdom, strength, your guidance, comfort, hope, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One more time. Can we give God a big hand, a big shout? Let's play together right now. You guys are an amazing church. We love you guys. That's it for us here. Thanks so much for joining us at Thrive Church Online. Stay tuned and come back next week for episode three of Happier You. I can't wait to share that message with you. We'll see you guys really soon. It's gonna be back to our online host. Have an amazing Sunday, an amazing week, everybody. Love you guys. Praise God, the best yet to come. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Jamie, for your message today. I really found it helpful. All right, let's jump into some announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, let us know by texting NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. Check it out by clicking the link in the chat room or by visiting mythrive.info. All right, if you made the decision to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations. Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. We have prepared gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It'll be mailed right to your door, and we hope they'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you'd like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, go to mythrive.info slash baptism. Bibles for Kenya. Join us in spreading hope in Kenya one Bible at a time. We want to provide Bibles for people in Kenya, and our goal is to provide 500 Bibles to 500 new believers in Kenya by Sunday, November 1st, 2020. For more information and how to support, please go to mythrive.info. Wasn't today's message powerful? It really made me think about slowing down my busy day and enjoying the present. A powerful point from Pastor JB that resonated the most with me today is that there's a gift in the moment you're currently in, if only you take the time to find it. That's why it's called The Present. As you know, our current message series is called Happier You, Learning the Secrets to a Happier You. We want to invite you to join us in the next few weeks as we continue to learn more helpful tips from Pastor JB to becoming a happier you. If you found this message helpful today, we also want to encourage you to invite all of your friends and family to join us next week right here at Thrive Church Online. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. I hope you all have a lovely Sunday morning. Enjoy the rest of the week. Keep warm and I'll see you next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!